Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. A mixed picture for U.S. equities. We have got the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 Index both trading lower. NASDAQ is at a record. And this update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR. ETF. S&P down a point now at 2398. Little change there. The Dow is down one-tenth of one percent, down 20 points. NASDAQ is up 17, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Gold down 1150 the ounce to 1215, down nine-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate crude back below $46 a barrel, down 50 cents now. That is a drop of 1.1 percent. So again, recapping, NASDAQ's at a record. The S&P is down a point, a drop of less than one-tenth of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by the Commonwealth Financial Network, the broker-dealer RIA, who's been putting relationships first since 1979. Find out why the industry's most satisfied advisors are head over heels about them. Visit Commonwealth.com. Well, you've definitely seen the headlines and the importance of STEM to our economy, to our national security, and yet it still seems to be a problem to get our younger generation interested in and to pursue a career in science, technology, engineering, and math. Let's talk a little bit about that with our next guest. Dr. Yanis Mialis is president and director of the Museum of Science Boston, on site at the Museum of Science in Boston, next to the Charles River. Nice to have you here on Bloomberg Radio. Nice to have you here at the museum. You know, Corey and I just spent about a week ago at uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology talking about the importance of women in STEM. It still seems like we lag so far behind uh, some other nations. What seems to be the problem in getting students interested and keeping them interested? The problem is the way we teach uh, math and science in schools. That's what I believe. Uh, if you notice the age when kids uh, lose their interest in math and science is when they're about 12, 13 years old, especially girls. Uh, that doesn't come as a surprise to me. That's the age that the children uh, become much more self-focused. Uh, their friends are the most important thing. Uh, what's interesting to them is the only thing they're, they, they focus their attention. So it's not cool? And, and, and what happens is that the way we teach math and science, the traditional way, it has nothing to do with the day-to-day life of the kids at that age. So it's not relevant to them, and, and they lose interest. Uh, what uh, we have started doing differently is introducing engineering uh, as a new part of the curriculum, which makes math and science relevant. And we have seen a, a, a large in, a interest peak in math and science because of the introduction of engineering. So we start teaching kids how the human-made world works along with the, uh, the science curriculum, which teaches them how the natural world works. Um, and it's, so that's, that's interesting. You sort of add something to the mix there. Uh, what sort of engineering projects are 12- and 13-year-olds starting to work on in this? Oh, actually, we started them even in pre-kindergarten. Uh, an engineering project for, let's say, a second grader could be to design and build an outdoor habitat of a, for a bunny rabbit, uh, where they have to use their science to understand that heat travels from hot to cold if you're in a cold climate like Boston, so you need insulation to, to so that the rabbit would be comfortable. You can use your math to make all sorts of measurements. So we use engineering as a problem-solving uh, tool 
that incorporates math and science through the through the uh, solving the problem process. Dr. Mielis, how do you incorporate kind of what you're talking about into the museum that's next to me to kind of ignite interest among kids in science? Well, the museum is a fun place. We have about any, one and a half to two million visitors a year. I walk through. It looks like fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Actually, I came to the U.S. in 1980 to study engineering uh, here at Tufts University, and the second day I came to the museum, and I fell in love with, uh, with the place. No kidding. And, yeah, and, and since then, uh, of course, now I work here, but I used to bring my daughters at least once a month here, and they ended up being mechanical engineers, both of them. Uh, so, uh, and they're both in the second grade. That's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> So, so the, uh, what we do in the museum is we present science and engineering uh, in the context of day-to-day life. Right. So, so it's not sort of a detached phenomenon that you you learn about here. You see how uh, the the specific component of science or engineering relates to you and how potentially makes the world better. So we do both work in the museum to spark the interest of uh, of uh, kids and adults in the areas of science and engineering, but also we are the biggest producers in the world of engineering curriculum for children. Uh, our curriculum is being used by 14 million kids throughout the world. Wow. And it's a huge effort. That's pretty impressive. What, what is the essence of, of sort of getting that interest? You know, you mentioned the engineering aspect of it too, but just the, the notion of uh, sort of how questions are being asked in the exhibits and what the exhibits show you sort of get the brain uh, cranking. Well, the, what we try to do is to incorporate education with inspiration and entertainment. Uh, so we always want to have the wow factor. So if you go to a theater of electricity, uh, we can produce uh, charges that are at the level of voltages, a level of lightning. Uh, so I might need that if it stays this cold. Out here. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a little fire in the corner. <laughs> so, so you, we start with the wow factor, and and then we, we we inspire the visitors to learn more about electrostatics and electricity. So we're always trying to do that with our permanent exhibits, and also with our traveling exhibits. We just partnered recently with Pixar, and we create the science behind Pixar, which uh, has been a blockbuster, and that's traveling throughout the world. I've been to Pixar, spent some time at their headquarters. I mean, they really just think in a different way. Um, I also think about, you know, they certainly have figured out how to use technology in making great animated films uh, and then some virtual reality, augmented reality, are things that you're incorporating here at the museum as well. Yeah, we have started working on that. Uh, and as we plan uh, uh, future exhibitions, we want to see what we could do with virtual reality. One of the challenges with virtual reality is uh, the, the equipment that you need to, uh, and the limits, the, the limit the equipment sets for in, engaging hundreds or thousands of visitors at the same time. Right. Remember, in a busy day, we could have 10,000 people come around the museum. And with virtual reality, it's more of a personal experience. But we're working on it. And as uh, things evolve in virtual reality, we're going to start incorporating it more and more in our in our museum exhibits. Are there a lot of other places like this in the, in the country? I mean, in San Francisco, where I live most of the time, uh, has an exploratorium, which is just some fantastic things with kids. The Exploratorium is a fabulous place. It's one of our partner museums. Uh, we have a different philosophy than the Exploratorium. Uh, the Exploratorium uh, pretty much presents the phenomenon on the tabletop in right. a spectacular way. We present science more of as an activity and putting it in the context of day-to-day life. And also, out of all science museums, we're at the top in, in expanding our activities uh, in, uh, in the classroom. We, 
I want to just jump in for a sec. 20 seconds left here with the importance of maybe funding from the government and the government's position on science. Just quickly. We have been fortunate to be the number one science center in attracting federal funding. Uh, but without federal funding and private funding, a lot of the wonderful work we do would not be possible. So I hope the administration continues supporting science the and, way the past did. And R&D, of course, important for growth and, and moving the country forward in, in terms of things. Um, thank you. Thank you for Thank having you. us here. Dr. Yanis Mialis, he's president and director of the Museum of Science in Boston, on site at the Museum of Science in Boston. Carol Master Corey Johnson alongside the Charles River. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.